Hey, welcome to Take No Script. This is Riley. This is June. And this week we watch Paprika, directed by Satoshi Khan. And this is coming right off of Wikipedia because I cannot do this shit on my own. This story is about <laughs> a battle between a dream terrorist who steals a device and allows others to share their dreams and causes nightmares for people and a research psychologist who enters the dream world and changes its paprika a dream detective to investigate the cases. We're gonna get right into it. So, what'd you think of it? Oh, wow, okay. So we're just, (laughs) we're starting off with the broadest possible question. Um, I think, okay, so what I noticed was that literally 30 seconds into the movie, I was hooked. I was fascinated. Mm -hmm. I feel like that doesn't happen a lot with movies. You usually, there's whatever, a certain intro period where everything's really boring and you don't know what's happening and you just don't care. Yeah. And you suffer through that to get to the good part. But the way that they just opened it, I was immediately hooked. Yeah. I mean, I doesn't tell you what. I mean, so... (laughs) I mean, I think you loved it. (laughs) Yeah, and then, I don't know, like, it just stayed that interesting throughout the whole movie, Mm -hmm. right? And I think I came out and I was like, wow, this was a mind fuck. But, like, I'd watched the trailer beforehand, so it was kind of the amount of mind fuckery that I expected, but it was still, like, a a total mind fuck in the best way. Yeah. You had never seen it before, right? No, I hadn't. Okay. Yeah, I watched it. The first time I watched it, I was on acid, and I, (laughs) like, the best time to watch it for the first time because... As soon as it was done, I turned to the other people around me, and I was like, I think I know what it means to, like, fall in love. Like, I... (laughs) (laughs) That is literally the most Riley thing ever. That is the... I... I, You could not have told me something less surprising about the way you watched this movie. Dude, I didn't move. Like, I didn't move a (laughs) finger the whole time. I'm just like, oh my god, I'm just falling in love. This is what falling in love is like. (laughs) So, yes, I love it. Do you want to do some talking points? Let's do some talking points. <laughs> Where are these talking points? Okay. Okay, so you had some Freudian stuff. Yeah, I... Okay, so watching it the whole time, I mean, obviously anything that has to do with dreams or the subconscious, I mean, I feel like immediately, I at least, just, like, start thinking about, like, Freud and Carl Jung. Jung? June? Young? Jung? I thought it was Young. Young. <laughs> <laughs> In my defense, I always, like, I read these things. I don't listen to them, so then I just sound like a total idiot because I don't know how to pronounce anything. <laughs> um, Carl Jung and, like, Freud, because there's so much about, I don't know, so much that tries to interpret who we are and what we want through our dreams. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So I think it's, like, the easiest, maybe, to divide it into, like, the ego, the id, and the superego, right? Where it's, like, the superego is who you want to be and, like, who, like, the best, most aspirational parts of yourself. And and then your ego is, like, who you are in your everyday life. And then your id is whatever, like your subconscious, like all these like dark parts of you. I'm probably explaining it really badly. So no Freudian scholars come for me. But I don't know. And so then it's like the idea of like, I think that Chiba, 
mm-hmm. is suppo- like Dr. Atsuko, right? I think that what we're supposed to see is kind of like her ego and maybe some of her id in her everyday life. And then Paprika is like her super ego. Like it's all of these, what's the word? Actualized parts of herself, mm-hmm. who she actually is. But then, I don't know, that's a little bit, it's a little bit messier there. And I feel like in some ways, Young fits better with the whole, yeah, like, well, self, like the shadow self. Um, Paprika says something at the end, and she has, like, a quote that she says about light and dark, reality and dreams, death, uh, life and death, man and woman, and then you add the missing spice, Paprika, and I know that... Young talks about like light and dark and like the man and woman is like anima and animus right mm-hmm. um that's interesting because yeah I wanted to know what you thought paprika was yeah so I guess I hadn't honestly while watching I hadn't even thought about why they called paprika paprika Really until the part where I think it's Takato. Is that his name? Yo, I don't don't know any of the characters' names anymore. Wait, let me... The the Wikipedia has to have... Tokita, he, like, eats um, Atsuko, and then he's, like, kind of bland. I'm, like, I need some spice. I need some paprika. And... I mean, I have no idea if this is actually what it was supposed to be, but I wonder if paprika is supposed to be that, like, indefinable, uncategorizable part about humanity, about, like, being a person. You can't, you know, you can't just, like, shove different parts of people into boxes. I mean, you could, but, like, (laughs) if you put all of those things together into one like you wouldn't get a person out of it yeah you know what I mean except like I'm pretty sure we both shove people into boxes all the time that's true (laughs) and I mean like I know that I shove myself into boxes like I feel like and like you live there forever now this is your box it's true so maybe paprika is like the box that we should all no, that didn't make any sense. I mean, like, the box that we should all come out of. But that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. The box that we should all come out of. So I kind of thought of it, which actually sounds a little bit in line with, like, what you're saying about the box that we should come out of. Because a little bit with, like, talking about the unconscious or the shadow self and how some of those things might come up in your dream world because they're, mm-hmm. like, repressed things. Like, I kind of see Paprika as being this, you know, like, the young stuff is a lot of, like, about, like, duality, right? So I kind of see it as the thing that connects them. Mm. Like, the in-between that, like, has them, like, living together. So, like, the light and dark and, like, how those kind of work together. And, like, the dream world and reality and how those kind of fuse together. Like, Paprika is, like, this connection between them. Mm-hmm. Does that make any fucking sense? <laughs> no, I like that. Yeah, like, it's... <clears throat> I think I think we're talking about a similar thing, but I'm not sure. It kind of... Something that doesn't belong to, you know, either end or whatever of the spectrum but something that like exists in that middle 
that kind of exists as part of them and bridges them together. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think so. No, that rem- like actually thinking about that, do you remember the line where Paprika, I think it's when Atsuko, she's like arguing why she wants to go after Tokita, and Paprika tells her, and is like, have you ever considered that you might be part of me rather than me being part of mm, you? Yeah. Right? And I think that kind of connects to what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> Do you know how badly I want to keep the burp in? You have to burp? No, I want you to keep the burp in. Oh, you want me to keep my burp in? Mm-hmm. Oh, in the podcast. In the oh. podcast. <laughs> I thought you wanted me to suffer in pain and like oh, keep no. it <laughs> Don't you dare burp. Like, I don't know how to do that. Piece. Yeah, I don't know how to do that. I spent like, you know, you must have done this too, right? Because you're a girl and then growing up, you try to keep your farts in forever. And then, like, at the end of the day, you're just, like, this explosive mess of fart. (laughs) I did that a lot. Like, I guess I only did it in public, obviously. But then it'd make my stomach hurt. Yeah. And then later when I tried to fart, I couldn't get it all out. Because I guess it, like, it went back into my (laughs) body. Yeah. (laughs) It's disgusting. (laughs) Yeah. And so now, like... I don't know. I try to, like, stealth fart when I walk around, but it's sometimes hard. You never know how loud it's going to be. You're like, oh, no. Oh, my God. I love walking in, like, a fair or something, you know, where there's a bunch of people because you could just, like, roam around and, like, fart between people. No one really knows where it's coming from. <laughs> you just, like, leave this, like, waft behind you <laughs> yeah. you weave your way through. But I don't have to deal with it, like, you know, the consequence, because it's behind me. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Okay, we were saying... Oh, okay, because we both have nightmare disorder, yeah. and I kind of thought of that a lot while watching it. For people who don't know what nightmare disorder is, you just suck at sleeping. <laughs> But in a different way than not being able to sleep, which I think we both struggle with actually sleeping too. We also struggle to sleep, but when we do sleep, we just like constantly have nightmares. Yeah. And I know also, even if it's not a nightmare, it's a very, very vivid dream. Yeah. Actually, the night before, so I watched this in the morning, and the night before, I had this extremely vivid dream of being this child soldier and having to like kill people and you know trying to avoid death and the last thing that I dreamed before I woke up that I remember super clearly is that I was hiding this underbrush and two of my friends were walking back from this pier and the enemy side or whatever had set up this garrote string and I tried to warn them but I didn't get to them in time so I just like saw them get beheaded in front of me and then I woke up yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah and and then I woke up and I just was like sore all over and I think that was also on my mind a lot while I was watching that I don't know, they, the way that they describe some some of the, like, 
patients' dreams or like people's dreams in general being like incredibly vivid and kind of living in the dream world like eroded at their like consciousness like who they were as people i thought about that a lot while they were watching like in in relation to you do you mean like how your dreams erode who you are as a person um i think it was so there was a lot of like ideas about dreams being symbolic like for the detective Kanakawa yeah like that whatever a lot of the things that we saw in his dreams were like representative of things and I personally don't feel like my dreams are representative of anything like they might have some ties like they might take a little bit from like what I'm doing in my real life or any like physical situations but I don't really personally subscribe to the idea that like there's like symbolism that's important there yeah well I think that's also what the movie does well and that like showing okay because I think there's a little bit for myself and I think the movie does that really well where they show like some of it is symbolism and then some of Mm -hmm. it is just like the mundane Mm -hmm. and that kind of meshes together and I think that's part of the duality part where like your waking life is also affecting your dream life but then your unconscious self is also affecting your dreams which you then kind of take with you and you remember them into your waking life Mm -hmm. because I definitely feel like some of my dreams I do I can definitely tell when some of it is just like oh I saw something on tv Mm -hmm. and now it's in my dream versus oh this is like a real anxiety that I have Mm -hmm. like I have one recently which is so interesting how it happens because it's it's just a new anxiety dream where I can't remember my lines like it's opening day for a play and I can't remember my lines like Mm -hmm. I didn't even bother looking at my lines ever (laughs) it's just like I'm at opening night and I don't know anything and I've never had those dreams before and now I do and I think it's because I have like an actual fear of like oh my god what if I'm not prepared for something Mm -hmm. but then there's also just ridiculous shit in them too (laughs) we have to share now you have to okay so I had one where this was the first one where it happened I was, like, auditioning for something, but you were, were like, all on the line. Like, there was, like, hundreds of people waiting on different lines. Like, think of, like, a, a whole bunch of cashiers at a grocery store, and there's lines of hundreds of people waiting at each cashier. And there's a person at each, like, you know, quote-unquote cashier station, but they just have, like, a camera that faces you, and they're just recording your audition real quick you're just going like real quick you're standing there they're recording it and then you're done next person goes to like the you know quote unquote cashier they hit record they do their audition they go it's like very impersonal it's kind of like how auditions are yeah (laughs) (laughs) and then for whatever reason like that jumped to me like getting a part in something and then Mm -hmm. you know I knew nothing I didn't even know like I just knew nothing (laughs) and I'm like winking and like well I gotta do this anyway (laughs) but yeah I don't know I have this recurring nightmare that started when I moved into this place which is that people are either like looking into the house or another one which I've always had which is like someone trying to break in like I always and I think that Mm -hmm. might be 
Like, maybe that's an actual fear. I don't know. I mean, it's a very legit fear, so... <laughs> right? <laughs> that's why I think some of it is definitely... Like, you don't have any dreams where you feel like, oh, that's definitely something that comes from a real-life fear of mine. Um, no, no, I definitely do. Like, uh, there are things that are definitely more... I guess, like, deep or whatever, for lack of a better word. But I definitely will have dreams about, like, waking up late to something or not having studied for something or, yeah, like, not knowing my lines or, like, completely messing up an audition. Or, like, there are so many things I know that those fears come from just my daily life. <laughs> I guess I meant more for, like, the symbolism, like, oh, if there's a bird in your dream, it means that you want to, like, fly uh, away from your life or something like that. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, that, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> or if, like, something completely random happens, like, I don't know, you're in a, like, a train station, and it means that you're, like, going, you, your subconscious expects that you're going to be going on a journey or, like, transitioning to something new or something like that. I guess, like, that's kind of what I meant when I was... So, I just did the thing where I tell you about my dreams and no one cares about your dreams anymore. No, I thought that was very interesting. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so you mean that, like, symbolism, which, okay, I also, my old therapist would bring this up when I know... (laughs) <laughs> no mine did too and that's why i'm so vehemently against it but anyway keep going <laughs> okay so i was there was like this dream i had where okay this actually like really freaked me out when i found out about this like i would have not the same dream but the same doll would pop up in different dreams and i then i had a dream one day where i learned that she was haunting my dreams and that I had to, like, kill her in my sleep in order to, like, have restful sleep, you know? Like Nightmare on Elm Street kind of a thing? Maybe, except I don't remember that. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh, yeah, kind of, right? Yeah, like, Freddy Krueger, like, lives in... Right, so she was, like, my Freddy Krueger. Good, so I didn't even make this shit up. <laughs> Yeah, this is a legit thing. It's like a DSM <laughs> diagnosis and everything. <laughs> I tell my therapist about it, and it just turns into this whole thing of her thinking that, like, the doll symbolizes, like, a younger version of me, and I'm neglecting her, and I need to, like, pick up this doll next time in the dream, or do, like, you know, where they have you lay there in real life, like, awake and kind of, like, walk through the dream while you're mm-hmm. awake and, like, do different things than what you did in the dream. And you were like, no, I'm going to punt this doll. Yeah. I don't care if she's baby me. I'm going to punt myself as far away as possible. Yeah, it's like, okay, so <laughs> I don't know if you've done this too, but sometimes I feel like, and this is horrible to say, but I feel like for the most part, I did therapy right. <laughs> oh, yeah, but no, then... I, I'm not in therapy anymore because I feel like I did therapy. Like, yeah. I, I did that. <laughs> I did it, but then I, I also, there were times where I would do it wrong. You know, where she would, like, mention something, I'd be like, oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, like, pat on back. Like, yeah, that makes so much sense. Good for you for coming up with that. (laughs) I did this thing. Okay, it's, like, the first therapist that I had, she was, like, I guess doing the equivalent of, like, a fellowship, you know, or where she, like, 
was still working on getting her final credentials, but she could still like see me one-on-one. -on -one. And she would just, I don't know, she would just like pull things about my backstory out of nowhere. Like she would just be like, oh, your dad did this and your mom was like this or whatever. Oh, but stuff you've told her. No, no, oh, like stuff I haven't no, told her. No, that's fucking creepy. She would just oh. make it up and it wouldn't be right. Oh. But like, I would feel so bad about telling her she was mm. wrong that I would be like, yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> and so then it became this thing where then she'd ask me about like, oh, this, this like trauma in my life that didn't exist. And I'd have to make something up about how that affected me currently oh my God. and pretend to be going <laughs> oh along. We should probably cut this out, but like pretend to be going along with like the treatment that she recommended uh -huh. because I just like legitimately could not, like I did not have the courage at that time to be like, no, that's like, you're just making that up. Like you just literally pulled it out of your ass. We'll just insert new trigger warning right here. Uh, being bad at therapy and lying to your therapist. <laughs> <laughs> trigger warning lying to our therapist <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> i don't think therapy is useless but i do think that sometimes it veers into not useful <laughs> like there's a time we had to be like oh my god this is gonna be so off base but like i feel like some people might get taken advantage of and like keep going to therapy because they don't know when it's not it's they're like done with it you know and the therapist will not tell you like hey we're done for now yeah i mean there's like so much rhetoric right now about that everyone should always be in therapy and i feel like that is great for some people and like even if you don't feel like you need therapy but you feel like you want it all the time like that's also great mm -hmm. but i definitely feel like there's no one size fits all, and that includes for, like, that includes mental health, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, so I wanted to know, which, do you have that? Yeah, so, like, you wrote, like, what if dreams could be seen this way, and I... Did I write that? Yeah, and then, <laughs> did I write that? <laughs> I don't know, it might have been the other one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> surprise did i craft that sentence <laughs> i have no memory of that, but okay. you wrote most of this and because i had a lot of this too and then i like added in a couple things oh but like my question was similar a little bit similar to that like especially because your dreams are like so gross <laughs> and your friends are just dying <laughs> Um, would you use a dream machine to watch back your dreams? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, and that's probably what I meant by that question when I wrote it, which I don't remember doing. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, honestly, I think sometimes I might and other times I definitely would not. Like, there were a couple of recurring dreams I had a year ago where, like, I was running away from an assailant and, like, he would catch me and, like, pin me down. I'd have to, like, claw his eyeballs to get him 
to leave me alone and like I had that dream over and over again and then in a couple of ones there were iterations where like I had to like drag his body and like bury him <laughs> and stuff like that and I and like it's weird because I think that I think there'd be this morbid curiosity you know to want to go inside my dream and watch it but I don't I don't know if it would be helpful or if it would just traumatize me even more than I already feel when I wake up from my dreams. Right, because you already remember so much anyway. Yeah, I remember them pretty vividly. Like, yeah. I can remember, like, the colors and the feelings and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, same. So I feel like, honestly, sometimes it takes me a little bit in the mornings to recuperate. Not, like, a long time. Like, a few minutes or so to, like, recuperate from a dream I just had that I woke up from. Part of me is already trying to disassociate from, like, there's weird shit that comes up in my dreams where it's like, let's just pretend that's not you having that dream. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's definitely something wrong with you. (laughs) But also, no judgment, because I think everyone has, like, fucked up dreams. Yeah. This is why I tell it to myself, so I feel better I was super, okay, I think it's so dependent, because, so one of my friends, like, the one that I've known since high school, her dreams, like, if she remembers them, are pretty normal. Like, she never has nightmares. And then, on the other hand, Joe, who's just, like, the most, like, chill, sweetest person in real life, he always will, not always, but he'll frequently have these violent dreams about killing other people. Like, he doesn't have dreams where he's being chased, uh-huh. right? Which is, like, such a man thing. Yeah. Right? Like, you only have dreams about killing other people. <laughs> but but it was, like, so unexpected to learn about because I feel like when I talk to people, they hardly ever have nightmares or they hardly even remember their dreams, even if they yeah. have nightmares. That's also been my experience. Like, Vic is the same way. So Vic, like, almost never remembers his dreams. So he's, like, very excited. And when he has when you, like, tell me about it. <laughs> And I I actually don't share all my dreams with him because it must be so annoying if every day. So I only share, like, the really good ones. <laughs> <laughs> my brother, who, you know, like, we grew up together and everything. And, like, he doesn't have that at all. Like, as far as I can tell. Yeah. He... Would like, he tell you? He shared with me. Um, I don't know. Like, I think that he would, but also... Um, I learned, like, not recently, it was a couple of years ago that he told me that between the ages of, like, five to, like, eight to ten, like, when he was that age, he thought that we were not his real family, that his real family had been abducted by aliens, and we were those aliens who had replaced his real family, and so he pretended, (laughs) like, we were his family, because... (laughs) didn't want to like get abducted too and he was probably so scared of you guys too (laughs) and so for all those years during his childhood he thought that we were just like alien imposters and so i'm not sure if he would share (laughs) (laughs) yo what if he still thinks that and just shared it to like be like yeah i used to think that but i don't think that anymore alien sister (laughs) (laughs) i've i've asked him that and he's like no i don't think that and i'm like I would believe that too. <laughs> oh my god. That's wild. Yeah. That's really wild. I wonder, like, as a kid, what that felt like for not even just a short period of time, but for years. Like, what that did to his brain. Yeah. I have no idea. Aww, poor baby. 
because he's he's so like he's very um, like well adjusted and everything, and he doesn't like really struggle with his mental health. Like I've talked to him about it, and he's like, yeah. I just, you know, doing my thing, living my life. He's just coasting along. Well adjusted is like what you say after, you know, there's been like a dog that's been like rough with people. And they're like, oh, now he's so well adjusted. <laughs> <laughs> okay, to be fair, I've never said that about my dog. <laughs> well, no, because, no, she's great. She's a disaster. She's a great disaster, yes. Yes, of course. She's wonderful. No, she's not well-adjusted. She's great. But it sounds like... I don't know. That's hilarious. That's hilarious and also so sad. Oh, my God. I did always... Like, I always believed my family is my family. But I always was like, oh, man, I... Like, as a kid, this was, like, a real, legit dream I had. I was like, Angelina Jolie is adopting all these babies. She's going to adopt me. <laughs> yeah, she's coming for me. She's going to find me. She's going to get me out of this house. Everything's going to be fine. And I'm just going to be an Angelina Jolie baby. <laughs> Did that come from, like, this kind of, like, wish? Like, this idea of, like, oh, you know, like, when you are growing up and you'll be like, oh, what if I'm secretly, like, a princess of another country? Or, like, secretly, like, the long-lost child of this billionaire royal a little bit but like do other people does everyone think that or is it everyone who like just hates their life (laughs) i would not be able to tell you except for the the latter (laughs) we had to invite someone over who has had like a like a normal quote-unquote normal yeah well-adjusted person yeah Yeah. oh my god yeah okay so there was that movie what was it called is it like little princess or something do you know what i'm talking about and did you ever watch that she's like actually a princess but then like her parents die and then she gets sent to this Oh my god, why am I blanking on the name? It's like not an animal shelter, but where do they send kids that don't have homes? An orphanage? There you go, yeah. <laughs> okay. They send her to like this orphanage, and then, mm-hmm. I don't remember, but it was one of my favorite movies, and I was like, yeah, I'm actually like a princess that's just trapped in this place right now that sucks, and one day everything will be fine. <laughs> I think, I don't know if I saw the movie, but I definitely read the book. Um, and yeah, it was definitely one of my favorite books. Alongside Matilda. Which I love Matilda. I love Matilda. Oh my god. Oh. Yeah, I also wanted to be like Matilda. And I was like, I will one day have superpowers where I can defeat me everyone around me. <laughs> I w- after, like, when I, I, after I read the book, and every single time after, like, I re-remembered that Matilda existed, I would literally sit on my bed, and I would, I'd be convinced that if I just tried hard enough, I could also have telekinesis. Dude, I, like, spent time doing that. Me I too. remember. I, I, I was legitimately convinced that there was a way that I could do this. And, you know, it's honestly, like, to this day, I feel like, maybe. 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 <laughs> you never know. <laughs> If anyone's gonna do it, I mean, 
it's gonna be the person that wants it the most if Matilda can do it I can do it too. yeah <laughs> look yeah I had this really toxic best friend in school mm-hmm. and I remember bringing up the um the movie Little Princess and like something about that and I mentioned how we're all princesses and she was like you're not a princess <laughs> rude oh my god and gosh. that always stuck with me because I think that's when I realized I was like oh no I'm stuck here because <laughs> someone else would notice you know that is so sad <laughs> I feel like your best friend would notice you know if like you were a princess and she was like uh no you're not a fucking princess <laughs> That is so, kids can be so mean. Oh my gosh. Yeah, but she was actually awful. (laughs) She sounds awful. (laughs) She used to comment on my body a lot, like on the shape of my body, which is not a nice friend thing to do. (laughs) Yeah. I woke up today and you know, when you wake up and you're just like, I'm the ugliest person I've ever seen in my entire life. And I kept doing my hair, and I was like, it looks exactly the same as when you just undid it. And I would do it again, like, it looks exactly the same. And your skin's gonna look like crap forever. But you'll have, like, one day where your skin looks like shit, you know? And you're like, this is everything. This is my entire life. This is my entire <laughs> existence. This is this is who I am destined to be. Nothing more. Yeah, and I was, like, getting dressed for work, and I'm like, I look like a slob. <laughs> Oh my god. Okay. I don't know what the fuck we're talking about. Um, I have no idea either. <laughs> so, um, would you, I, we didn't, I didn't ask you the question, would you go back and watch your dreams, like, in, a, like, a psychotherapy machine? I, I don't know, because I already, like, I don't know if you do this too, but I already, because I remember so many of my dreams, I will often, like, replay them in my head what I remember as if it like it is a memory you know but I'll replay it like this memory and I feel like if I had any more detail about it then it would just like I would just keep not like I would replay it all the time but it's just I also don't replay it and like get disturbed by it though it's Mm -hmm. more of just like there's like no emotion attached to me thinking about this thing Mm -hmm. except sometimes I do have dreams where um my kitty who passed away visits me and I will like replay that as if it's like like I'll think about it and those definitely make me feel good but I don't know would I do it and I guess like would you do it if no one else was there like if you didn't have to have like someone else be there with you oh okay if there was someone else there I would definitely not do it (laughs) (laughs) if there was no one there Maybe some of them, like, I'd want to be very selective, like, oh, I have this dream, I want to see more about it, but I don't think it would be anything where I'm really trying to get, like, like, pull meaning from it. I think it'd be more of, oh, that was cool, I want to see that again, or that was really funny when that guy, like, ate that other person's face off, you know? (laughs) (laughs) I... I have definitely had those dreams where immediately after I wake up, I'm like, I should, I need to write a book. Like, this needs to be a book. It would be a bestseller. 
<laughs> and then like in my half days date, I like put something into my phone and when I look back later, I'm like, what is this? <laughs> words. And I'm like, wow, that like perfect novel idea. It's gone now forever. <laughs> so that'd be nice for those, I guess. I always think that too. But then I don't actually know what the story would be. I'm also too oh, so this was one of my questions. Um, kind of in line with that. Because I think I might have told you before that sometimes like I wanna keep going back to sleep, even if I'm in a nightmare. I wanna mm-hmm. keep sleeping because I wanna keep living through it and experiencing it. Mm-hmm. Um, so part of me thinks is wondering what you think because part of me thinks that like there's potential for me to become addicted to watching like rewatching my dreams and because I'm already like sort of very into staying in my dreams actually that's a really that's really interesting like a really interesting question because I also like during times in my life when I've been like really depressed or like just wanted to escape things in my life I will also tend towards sleeping a lot like, I know that some people, when they, like, when their mood is worse, like, they'll throw themselves into work as kind of this distraction, and that is actually not, like, not my default. Like, my default is to literally just sleep and escape reality 100%, right? And then I can, like, channel that into, like, other projects, but it's effortful. I don't know. That's a good question. I feel like, I guess it depends on like what might bring you back to reality. Like if there's like a draw about reality that would bring you back from your dreams. Yeah. Oh, right. Because in Paprika also, like you can then go back. Like it's not just watching them. You can actually relive them. Yeah. I think in so. your waking life, you can like go back in and like experience it. Yeah. Um, I don't know because I've had like, I've had like full-blown relationships in my dream (laughs) where this is no shade on Vic it's because like no one's like gonna no one's gonna be like you're perfect you know like you're perfect fantasy person right obviously because that's stupid but in your dreams you can have a fantasy person and I wonder if I would be like well I would just stay in this fantasy I have had, like, I, I can't recall them because I feel like they don't stick in my head as vividly as my bad dreams do, but I've definitely had dreams where, like, I fell in love with someone and, like, we had this perfect life or I had this perfect life, like, whatever, like, all of these things that I wanted, like, they all came true. And, yeah, it would be hard to not be like, oh, I could just play this dream over and over and over yeah, again. Yeah, yeah. And they kind of, like, built off of that because then if you keep replaying that and living through it, it might channel something in you where you, like, follow through with more of it while you're actually sleeping, you know? Like, you, like, extend the dream. Yeah, extend it or just, like, this character becomes a bigger part of more Mm -hmm. of your dreams and then you just get trapped in this (laughs) dreamland. I guess, like, what what do you think is the difference between dreams and reality like at that point I mean this is very like amazing like but at that point like couldn't it be couldn't it be your reality like if you chose that no because I don't eat in my dreams (laughs) (laughs) I I 
guess like I thought about that because do you remember when Konakawa shoots Osunai and Osunai's like, oh, it hurts. Yeah. Like, in the dream world, and he's like, he's like surprised that it's painful, and I was like, oh, I wonder if they're trying to talk about like what and like how real your dreams are in terms of like the sensations or how real they can be. I couldn't tell with that either if it was because I think a big part of his dream was also like, um, wait, was that the detective? No, that wasn't the detective that said that. No, Osanai said it, like, as he got shot. Oh, like, uh, yeah, shot. yeah, yeah. I don't know. I guess there wouldn't be much of a Because, <laughs> like, you could just, like, wake up to eat and, like, shit and shower. Yeah. Or, like, be and hooked then... up to something that did it all for you. Yeah, I don't have that kind of money. <laughs> I don't know. I guess, like, would in I a get... perfect world, would you choose that? Like, if you could. Yeah. Okay, that is, I think, the better question, right? Because I also feel like if dream me is anything like real me, she's going to get bored. <laughs> It'll... I mean, but I don't know either, right? Like, maybe... Like, does boredom come because nothing is, like, perfectly exactly how you want it all the time? Is that where, like, boredom comes from? Like, if a TV show I was watching or a hobby I got into always fulfilled the need exactly how I needed it to, like, would I get bored? It's because it starts to decline, right? Mm. But I guess, like, if you could project everything, if everything was exactly the way that you wanted it all the time, would you not also get bored then? Like, if you could control everyone around you, you could control your surroundings and the outcomes... (laughs) Would you get bored? Would I get bored? At that? Uh, I don't know. I don't know either. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, secretly, I'm like, do I just want to control everything and everybody? <laughs> no, I feel like... I can't answer this, but I think I, think I might get bored. Next thing. Next thing. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so I didn't I didn't know if this was too just like an exhausted topic. Let's try it anyway. <laughs> but technology meshing with reality, because that's also a very big thing in this mm. movie. And I know like so the exhausted part is like, you know, because everyone's talking about AI now and that's like, are we supposed to be afraid? I don't know, and I think this movie definitely brings that up of like should we be afraid of something like this potentially and what could happen if it's mm. abused yeah but like i also really <laughs> care <laughs> i mean i think it's kind of like it's it's a little it's subtly different right i mean ai ai is you know it's whole it's whole sphere but this is kind of altering the way that I don't know, like, altering the way that we perceive our own minds, kind of, if that makes sense. Like, it's it's not something, like, to be able to go back and, like, delve into your own subconscious and, like, twist that, like, change it. And, like, they hinted that doing so helped cure, like, mental illnesses, like, dep- like depression, right? That's, you know, yeah. like, that's on par with, like, 
like the like that's more effective than like that's true like more effective than like anything that we have in psych today you know and it's also like yeah like what can you do to someone's sense of self and identity in that you know if right. you mess with things i don't think like AI yeah. and stuff like it doesn't change our like the way that we see the world or see ourselves or our personalities, right? Like, this has the potential to. Wait, does I mean, AI change? AI, I wants, you AI <laughs> wants you to think that. AI wants you to think that. Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. Would you be for it if someone was like, oh, we're, do you, we're taking a vote? Because <laughs> we live in a society and we're taking a vote on whether or not we're going to treat patients who are qualified uh, with this technology. Like how vol- could you be like 404 into it? Like, would it be involuntary at any point, depending on how severe the person's case was? No, because that would definitely, that's definitely like where people would take advantage of it. Right, but like you, people can do that now. Like you can be 404 and you can be stuck in like a psych facility for like, depending on like what the court and the psychiatrist say, like an extended amount of time and be like required to take certain like medications that alter your, your brain chemistry, right? Is this like significantly yeah. different? Oh my god, it's like... But for real, right? I mean, that's basically what happened. Yeah. I don't want anyone else to have to go through (laughs) what Britney Spears is going through. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if I would be for it. I think that, like, in an ideal world... I would probably be like for it if people could choose it but I think the fact that it relies upon like mental health professionals (laughs) is not so bad it's just like I think that is the part where it would it would trip me up because you know like the like there's like training differences and like personal individual differences and with something like therapy and like mental health it's so it has to be so individualized that I don't know like obviously like if people like had informed consent and went into it then like that's a different thing but like I personally would not want someone else digging around in my brain and like being able to like implant things into my brain yeah but then also like how far does that go like now I'm thinking about like one is insurance gonna cover this if not is it like is it like the wealthy that's gonna just be taking advantage of this and then is there a limit on how many traumatic experiences you can just wipe out because it's probably like a session where they go Mm. in there and they like remove certain stuff or they rewire certain Mm -hmm. things or whatever right and then at what point are you just not even a person oh my god yeah (laughs) to to an extent like everyone's you know even small tiny traumas and big ones kind of make they're part of what makes you who you yeah. are as well yeah like what if someone's like well i just don't want to ex- you know i don't want to have to experience that time that i got bullied in school and what if that did never even like filtered into a dream though like who's to say that all of our traumatic experiences like go into cuz you know that's 
much. Like, what do you do then? Because there are definitely things that, like, whatever, like, things that I experienced. Like, I remember, like, very vividly, like, being called, like, a fat pig by my mom. And that has never, like, popped up in one of my dreams before. But, like, that's still something that, like, pops into my head, like, my conscious mind occasionally, you know? Um, yeah she's a complicated no i hate that your mom would would do that would say that but i also hate a lot of things it's fine we we all we live in a society we all have the traumas (laughs) i don't know what i'm saying we live in a society yeah but yeah i don't know about like erasing trauma i feel like that would be okay i do yeah i feel like it's it's like overly complicated like, maybe I wouldn't want to have, like, this new anxiety-ridden dream where it's like, oh, I'm afraid of losing, like, mm-hmm. forgetting my lines. And I would like to just not have to worry I about that. I think that's, yeah, it's totally fair. And, like, I feel like taking that away wouldn't change who you are as a person. But then part of that also keeps me in check. I never want to mm-hmm. experience that because I've lived it in my dream where... You know, so I really, I, like, remember your lines. <laughs> what if you could, like, hold on to the memory and so, therefore, like, the emotion of it, but you didn't have, like, the anxiety that, like, it, this doesn't make any sense. I guess <laughs> if you were able to, like, learn that lesson and recall the anxiety that you experienced, but not necessarily need that to be current and carried with you does that make sense like do you think you need that anxiety to like push you to 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 learn your lines enough do you need that uh, that fear of that feels like a bigger question like i feel like emotion does drive like motivation for things sure yeah but i guess like if i guess if it took away like all of the fear that surrounds it and maybe there was like a little bit but it wasn't enough to be called like an anxiety like maybe it's like i don't know Mm -hmm. you know what i mean yeah um i don't know i mean i'm still on board with you where i don't want anyone poking we're both control freaks we're like we know better yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah i am like i know it's messed up up there but also everything's (laughs) fine Like, I'm good. I, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, no. I think no. I think no, but I also think if someone else wants to and they're willing to Mm -hmm. accept the risk and they're a consenting adult, then I think it's okay. (laughs) I guess if they have the money to pay for it. No, it would only be like the wealthiest and very tippy top that would get this. And it would just keep... They would keep getting wealthier because now they're cleared of, you know, some of this stuff oh that haunts them. Right. So I don't know. Maybe now. <laughs> I take it back. Do you think that paprika is like pro technology? Or that it has uh, a skin? Paprika is not a she. Oh. So I guess that's what I meant. It. Like the movie <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wait, like you the mean the movie, movie overall has a stance? Um, 
thought it was interesting that they made like the villain, like the the ultimate villain, be the one who the entire movie is like whatever science and technology is like inferior to essentially, like what is natural, and at the same time, like he also like weaponizes like nature, right? Like when he like basically like eats Osunai's body and is like chasing after Konakawa. Like it's like butterflies, like these like this swarm of butterflies. And like when he uses like the dreams to be able to get up and stand, he's like he has those like roots as his legs, right? And I thought there's mm-hmm. so much imagery of like nature nature being destructive, right? And it never felt like, oh, the issue here is that like technology enabled this. It very much felt like the perspective was that technology enabled man to do this. But man is <laughs> like they're the ones they're the ones that uh will but use like, technology. I think it was like poorly. man uses like man can use and does use like nature poorly as well. You know what I mean? Like I mean I guess like you could yeah. argue that technology is like or can be more powerful. So are you saying that you think the stance that it takes is that I think the the worst it takes is that like technology itself is not like inferior to like what is what is natural or is nature that like technology and nature are both like powerful and that they both can supersede like man's ability to control them but that they are also like not evil inherently that yeah it depends upon like how it's wielded I don't know. No, but I mean, I think that's interesting. If I were to think about it, I'd say I I agree with that. Because at no point do I think that it's saying like, oh, technology's evil. It's just, it really depends on Mm -hmm. whose hands it's in. Because then we do see the detective, like, he's helped. Oh, yeah, he's called Spinu when we see him and he's healed. Yeah. Yeah. And kind of brings back a, a piece of himself that he lost that's kind of haunting him. I also was thinking, because, you know, it's a movie director-related thing that his dreams were about, if you think, like, Satoshi Khan kind of put a bit of himself mm-hmm. in there. Oh, wait, can you, do you mean, like, with the filmmaker aspect of it? <clears throat> yeah, yeah, like, I, I mean... This is not, this is probably not a question I need to be asking. This is probably a question I could just Google. Because <laughs> I don't know when he started making movies and if it was something he sort of neglected doing. But then it also got me thinking about us with acting and like how it was something that we kind of neglected doing. Yeah, I, so I actually really kind of related to Konakawa's his struggle in a different kind of way obviously but the struggle of like the what ifs about like the life path that you choose and I mean specifically like career as well but I don't know maybe not for all like creatives or people who you know a hundred percent like throw themselves into art but I don't know like I would think that there's always this kind of like what if just for people in general like what if I did this and even for people who are like super acclaimed in whatever like filmmaking directing acting producing like if there's a what if like what if i 
had gone to school and gotten that degree that I had thought about doing or had partially like completed or something. <laughs> I feel like I hear so many actor interviews where they'll be like, oh yeah, I can't see myself doing anything mm. else but this. And I guess it's like, what, maybe they can't like see themselves like whatever, like being happy or sticking with it. But do you think they ever have the question of like, oh, like what if, I had just like chosen this life that was like easier or simpler or just like different in a certain kind of way, if that makes sense, you know? Because mm-hmm. I, mean, I think to a certain extent, it's like if you, if you only ever like experience the thing that you're certain that you want, like you might not know if there's something else that would fit you as well or better. Yeah. I mean, I kind of want to ask like a more personal question in someone who's experienced switching from a very serious career path to this more creative (laughs) career path do you ever think back and be like oh maybe i should have gone that way which you know i know you said like oh is it was actually like easier for you because it's very yeah I think about it all the time which is kind of why I related so much to Konakawa like that kind of always weighing on his mind I think about it a lot like I think that like when I was on that path right there was this what if about this whole other world right and now I chose to be over here and there's like still a what if about that life and I think to an extent there's There's this question of like, oh, would my daily life be more stable? Would my schedule feel more stable? Would like where I'm going and what I can expect from my life in general, like that would be much more mapped out than it is. And I mean, it's difficult when you're like, oh, you know, deal with different projects. And like you are the one who's in control of like what you decide to pick up and where you decide to go. And there's like a lot of emotional exhaustion that comes from even just making those decisions right and I think Mm -hmm. I'm the kind of person that like sometimes it is easier for someone to just like tell me hey this is like this is the steps you need to take to get to this end point and when you get to that end point here's going to be the next end point and here are the steps you're going to take and there's like I think there's something that's very there's like a safety in that you know there's like something that's very yeah I don't know, like, there's, like, something grounded in it that, like, doesn't exist in, yeah. like, you know, creative endeavors as much, I feel like. At least not when you're starting out. Mm-hmm. Well, and it sounds appealing in a lot of ways. It sounds appealing yes, and then it exactly. also does sound Yes, that's like, that's, like, a much better way to say it. <laughs> like, the appeal is how, like, boring and routine it is. Yeah. Oh, gosh. We're, I feel like we're both easily so... yeah and it's so crazy because I remember especially if I read journal entries back then like you can just read how miserable I am I'm so melodramatic about how unhappy I am and but you know I'm being out of that situation when I think back to it I'm like oh maybe it wasn't that bad like I guess like all the things about it that made me be like no I can't do this path and in fact what I need is I need something that's more like with more creative autonomy I guess those things just disappear in my brain like I just erase them (laughs) 
I don't know. And then <laughs> I think, like, because of that, there are these, like, what-ifs that I always think about. Yeah, I don't know. Is there anything that's been like that for you or not really? No, I've got to a point where I am just doing Okay, things. so that makes it sound like there was a point at which maybe that did apply more to you. I think that maybe at some point... Okay, there was definitely a time where I was like, oh, you should go back to school and you should, um, you know, finish up to get your master's in psychology so you could do therapy because a bachelor's in psychology doesn't get you there. And that was my goal, but I hate school. And there was definitely a time where I considered going back to school to finish. And that didn't last very long. That's very that <laughs> But part of me thought, like, oh, yeah, that would be... I don't know. At the same time, I I kind of accepted that... Like, I don't know if I have goals. Is that... <laughs> That sounds No, dumb, I mean, like, but <laughs> enjoying yourself day to day and, like, taking it as it comes. I feel like that's, that's like, a goal, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm living pretty hard in that goal You're right succeeding now. at your goals. You're realizing that. <laughs> yeah, the other day I was, I was at work and there was, you know, another brother and she's like, so is your goal to, like, do you want to become, like, a film producer, like, a real film producer and I'm like I don't care <laughs> like I don't know I'm doing this right now because this is fun and mm-hmm. I've not thought at all about if that'll lead to anything every day I'm like is this mm-hmm. you know if I'm there it's like okay is this boring right now and then I'm like well maybe if it's too boring I just will stop doing it I don't know. I think being getting bored so easily with things makes it mm, difficult to have any fair. concrete goals. Do you, but I also hate, I hate, I hate yeah. code. So I don't know. Maybe I also would have done OnlyFans. There was like a strong, there was like a point of time where I was like, yeah, <laughs> selling feet pics, that's the way to go. <laughs> I think I want to ask you is like, okay, so I too share your absolute hatred of my fellow humans and interactions with them. And I feel like acting is one of those things where you just, you can't get, like, it is people. Like, it is human interaction. Oh, well, is right? it like, okay, so Yeah, I go ahead. What's your, what's your question? question? It's really weird because in the moment, it's not like, oh, every single second that I spend with, other people like whatever doing a gig or like rehearsing it's like oh I hate people but then I think I come home and I'm just like so exhausted and I don't Mm -hmm. know if it's like that exhaustion or whatever like I don't know but it seems a little bit unsustainable (laughs) to be to simultaneously hate people and do something that is (laughs) (sighs) yes but then there's also something so escapist about acting and I wonder if part of me, like, I don't know if you do this too, but part of me, like, with, even with rehearsing or even having to deal with people, like, not as the character, but as myself in order to work something out, 
I might be talking about my ass and like there are definitely things that I say in the moment and then a second later I think about it and it's like that's not true I you just all said that and that's like, you can't just be like oh sorry I actually just lied to your face in front of you here's the truth you just have to like that just becomes part of the relationship fabric forever yes. like i'm changing my mind constantly so <laughs> that was true probably when i said it it was very true for me and then like literally a second later Girl, I, feel I thought about it i was so like wait that's hard. not true <laughs> so i want to say that i'm able to not take it personally and disassociate wait, from not it take like bad interactions in a positive way <laughs> Gotcha, okay. Yeah, like when it comes to acting. But then at the same time, like right after I'm saying that, I'm, I can like think back to something where I would come back home and tell Big, like, I don't know why this girl's being such a bitch to me. I was, <laughs> During I was rehearsal, right. like, I was right. I was right. And I told her I was right. And she's like, no, this is the way. <laughs> and then later on, we both found out that I was right. Moral of the story. But I'm I right. That. <laughs> Moral of the story, I'm always right. <laughs> no, but yeah, so I don't know. No, that's 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 false. I do take it personally. <laughs> I don't know if I just like the acting part so much it's just like an obstacle because you can't speak people right (laughs) yes on average like but that's extreme living an average (laughs) life yes you cannot escape people most people like most strangers i I have to interact Mm -hmm. with you once usually that's pretty okay i feel that too i like when i interact with someone once and never see them again the problem yeah. is that I keep seeing you, and now the relationship is, is expected to evolve in some way, and I don't know how to do that. I feel very uncomfortable about it. Yeah, and then, like, someone will become icky to me very quickly, because mm. they'll either say or do something, and the longer that I know someone, the more opportunity there is for them to do something icky. <laughs> <laughs> And I don't know how to turn that off. It's like once it's there, this goes back to the beginning, but that's the box I put them in. Like you're the person that said that or you're the person Mm -hmm. that did that and now you're icky and you're just getting in the way of me doing something I want to do. (laughs) Yeah, and um, I'll still be friends with them. I, I I do that too. I don't know why I like that. I don't know why I do this. I mean, I do, but also I don't. Do you know what I mean? Is everybody, I don't think everyone's doing this either. I know Vic does not do this. I think a lot of, I, I wonder if there's like a gender difference in the way that we're socialized. Because I know like a lot of girls who absolutely hate these people and then like the next week they're going to have dinner together or they're going to go like shopping so much. I still hate them exactly. when I'm having dinner with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair. Yes. Me, is that, like, I feel like it can't be that, over, I mean, maybe over the course of seven days, your feelings have been on 180. Like, there's probably, like, oh, this, like, you still dislike either them or these things that they did, but you're, like, still, like, friends with them. 
Well, then they do a new stupid thing yes, during it dinner. it does build up. It does build up. <laughs> See, and that's when I ghost. That's what I do. I just ghost. <laughs> Pro-ghosting. I am. I know people are so against yeah. it. And yet the people that are against it are the people that have obviously been ghosted oh, before. And they're the people that deserve to be <gasps> ghosted. That is a hot take. <laughs> I Okay. See, this is my thing, is that, like, yes, I understand why if you're ghosted, you are, like, it's the worst thing ever, and it's, like, a dick move and all of these things, but at the same time, I feel like sometimes people just don't understand boundaries, they don't want to understand boundaries, mm-hmm. and, like, I think that there are many times when it is just, like, easier for both parties to just slowly drift apart you know, like, mm-hmm. oh, I, you haven't talked to this friend in a year, then to, like, whatever, text them, like, I'm officially ending our friendship now because I think <laughs> you're a piece of crap, <laughs> you know? Like, like how yeah. do you extricate yourself from a relationship where, like, you just don't want to see them anymore, but it's not like, oh, like, you're romantically entwined. And, like, why do you owe that to another person? You know what I mean? You don't. And the argument exactly. that I've heard is, uh, like, oh, people that ghost other people are, like, too chicken, chicken shit to, like, face what's happening. Like, they're too scared to face the other person or they should have more respect for the other person. It's, like, one, usually for ghosting someone, it's because they probably disrespected one of your boundaries multiple times like usually just one egregious example it's not enough for most people you know right and then i mean i'm not their mom yeah no like (laughs) i don't think that you owe anything to other people like is it a dick move sure and like i'm okay with being that dick that ghosted someone i can i can own up to that I don't think being a dick means it's, like, morally wrong. And I don't think that it being a dick move means that, like, I owed them that, you know? Yeah, and it's also not being scared of facing them. Like, I don't care about telling someone, oh, I don't want to be friends with you anymore because of X, Y, Z. But once I've made that decision to to go someone, Mm -hmm. it's because I've already made the decision I don't care about this person. So reaching out to them to let them know this. Yeah is beyond what I care to do and it's just extra energy and then I have to be involved with this person even more because they're gonna have all their stuff to say and it's sorry keep going you need to interrupt you no go you look excited go (laughs) that is the thing is that like in my experience like when I have done this like when I have like openly communicated to the other person why I think the relationship is unhealthy, like friendship specifically, like friendship is unhealthy and like why I think that it's best that we not be friends anymore. Like they will keep, they will keep responding, right? Mm -hmm. And like, it's not like, at least in these specific circumstances, not all obviously, but like they refuse to acknowledge like my feelings. Like they're basically like, oh, you thought of this wrong. This is incorrect or whatever. And I'm like, I don't want to argue with you. Like I'm telling you right now that this is my boundary. I'm ending the relationship and I do not care if you feel like I'm misinterpreting it or whatever. Like I can still like, I'm still within my rights to like cut you off. Like I don't owe you anything. You aren't like privy to my time, my affection, my anything. 
you know? Yeah. And I think if there's someone I care enough about, I would reach out and be like, hey, which is different because that's, at that point, you still care about the relationship and you'd be like, hey, mm-hmm. this thing happened or you said this thing and I took it a certain way. Mm-hmm. But there's something to work on. You're trying to clear the air, which I think is different than, okay, I've decided that this person is not right for me at this time in my life. So bad. Yeah, I think, and I don't want to argue with you about it because yeah. we probably already had these conversations before, you know? There's also so little fucking time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't have time. And, like, as, like, as, like, an introvert, I've got, like, a very, like, limited reserve of emotional energy for people. Like, emotional energy mm-hmm. in general because I'm a very, like, I don't know... I'm just, I'm not the the most robust person. And then for people, it's like it's like a <laughs> minuscule. Okay, I don't have all this time to be like listening to and talking to this person that I despise. Okay, like I just want you out of my life. Please get out of my life. Yes, yes, especially at that point. Because once you've reached that point, like I find them disgusting. Like I cannot talk to you ever again. Yep. If that's legit, become it. Oh, gosh. <laughs> that's a sore topic, ghosting. Yeah. But I think that the real victims are the ones who ghost the other people, not the ones who are ghosted. <laughs> the ones who go. Why? I mean, I think that, like, oftentimes it's not, like, I mean... Of course, there are circumstances in which the person who ghosts is just a dick. But I feel like a lot of the times, the person who ghosts, it's because they've expressed, like, the violation of their boundary over and over again. Mm -hmm. The other person is not receptive to changing, not receptive to listening. And, like, at that point, like, all you can do is slam the door, you know? Like, you can't change another person. That is true. I told you about that girl that Oh, my God. That (laughs) is just, like, a level of dysfunction that I could not comprehend. (laughs) This girl that I was hanging out with for a bit and then so that's a that's a relationship where I was very clear of what my boundary was uh where it was like okay look she's like calling me and texting me every single day I was like this is more than I can keep up with uh I don't always have the energy for this and she'd want to like meet me in real life in person to hang out multiple times a week and started setting like number of days a week that I needed to like be it's in like touch a horror with her. movie. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and I kept saying like, look, this is a lot for me. I just, you know, I love spending time with you. I need time to recharge afterwards, so it has nothing to do with you. Just like if I spend time with anyone, like I just need time to recharge. Yeah, I'm an introvert. That's just mm-hmm. How that works and her disrespecting that over and over again just kind of was like all right this is yeah this is it yeah <laughs> no I I think that it's like like I've had friendships like that too where it's like we just operate on different wavelengths like for me I like I'm the kind of person that like 
if we don't talk for like three months, I'm totally fine with that. Like if I text you and you don't respond for three months and then you're like, hey, sorry, like I was busy, I died, whatever. I'm like, yeah, that's totally fine. I do that too. And like I need friendships that like are flexible enough to include that. But I've had these ones where it's like you expect me to message back like within a couple of hours, like four hours to respond to you is a lot of time. And I'm like, look, I leave, my mm -hmm. phone dies and I leave <clears throat> it dead for days at a time intentionally, okay? Like, I am avoiding people, <laughs> and you have to respect that, or I'm going to hate you, and that's just who I am. Yeah. Exactly. That's why you love me. I don't love you. And, like, I will tell these people, like, hey, you know, like, I, I don't like texting very much. And, like, I feel like, I don't know, something about the way that society is today, people would just feel entitled to your time via text message. Like, it's like a personal insult if you don't respond to someone's text because people are like, oh, it's just a text, like, whatever. And I'm like, no, not whatever. Like, I put so much thought no. and energy into my text messages. And it's a toxic behavior, sure. But, like, I still, I still hate texting, and you have to respect that. I don't know if it's toxic, though, because... Okay, you are younger, but did you use AIM? No, but I also didn't have, like... I didn't have internet until I was in, like, high school. Like, I had dial-up before that. Yeah. Oh, you had dial-up. Okay, okay, yeah, I grew up with dial-up. Oh, but you didn't use, like, AOL Instant Messenger, which is what I think... I feel like texting should be mm. treated that way. Where, like, you have times where you're available mm -hmm. for responding, times where you're not available and you have, yeah. you know, you're away... Because, and if I'm away for a week or a month. Then, like, you can message you know. and stuff, and I'll get back to you eventually, but, like, you aren't entitled to me sending you an immediate response. Right. And I think know the relationship that you're in. Like, if Joe reaches out to you, you're not yes. responding <laughs> next month. <laughs> but I think it's also fair that, especially if a friend has expressed, like, hey this is how I am. And I always, I am always the kind of person, if I become friends with anyone, it is the, like one of the very Same. first things yep. I tell them. Like, forewarning, this is how mm -hmm. I am with texting. I love hanging out in person. I love doing that. Let's hang out for hours and chit chat. But like, this is how I am. And I don't want to do that every day either, you know? And they always say, Oh, that's they always fine. Okay, every single time people are like, that's totally fine. Like, I don't, and then no, it's never okay. Uh -huh. When it actually happens, okay. it's like I like slapped them in the face and then like kicked their dog and then I also like kicked them in the stomach at the same time. Like, that is, it's, it's like a personal attack. And I'm like, no, it's not you. It is me. I am the problem. And you just, <laughs> no, I suck. Like, yeah. I can get it. And I'm a piece of crap. And I'm not reliable. And like, that is what you're getting in this relationship. Exactly. But I'm honest. And I, I told you about my shittiness. Okay. And you, you said that you would be okay with it. I also love how you and I, don't like texting but then we both get into like there'll be like a day <laughs> you know we're like i'll wake up and i have like 50 unread messages from you that were all from within like three hour time period the night before <laughs> which i think is awesome because you don't care if i respond yeah. to everything or even yeah. at all <laughs> you're just like here you know here are my thoughts like have them and then yeah 
Yeah. That's it. Do with it what you will. <laughs> I think text etiquette is so interesting because, like, I mean, obviously I don't, like, spam most people, but, like, I don't care about double texting, you know? Like, if someone, if I text mm-hmm. someone who didn't respond, like, I'll text them again about something completely unrelated. Like, I don't, I don't give a fuck. Like, it's just a text. It's not that yeah. deep. You know what I mean? But I think some people are like that where they're, like, they... If they send a text, they don't hear back. They're like, I'm not going to message that person until I hear back from them. Right? Yeah. Yeah, there's, like, an immediate grudge that they hold against yeah. It's like, we are, we are both Yo, bad that. people. It's not like we don't understand grudges that come out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we're petty. We're petty, but I don't exactly. understand that. Exactly. It's, it's, it's a different breed of petty, for sure. That chick also was like when she would text me every day it would just be like hey how are you what are you doing today are you (laughs) fucking kidding me (laughs) don't text me that what a weird thing the (laughs) open-endedness of it makes it really obnoxious well and it requires that i respond today like how are you is like how are you today you know what are you doing today it's like Instead of just being like, hey, I hope you have a nice day, just mm-hmm. thinking about you, I think is so much nicer than, you know, requiring so much work from someone else. <laughs> We're over here complaining about how much work texting is. <laughs> People are texting all day, I think, right? <laughs> I couldn't tell you. I keep my phone dead most <laughs> I don't even know if her phone's dead or she's just saying that. I don't even care. So you so you disappeared for a few days. Not my problem. For whatever reason, you disappeared for a few and days. And that's why we did whatever. it wrong. That's- <laughs> yeah. Like, if she just feels like she has to tell her sometimes, I don't care. Whatever. <laughs> like, she's doing it like, every life. single friendship red flag. Like, roll up. <laughs> Yeah, if you have all the red flags together, though, yeah, that's like a circus. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's like a circus. (laughs) I love that it's like a circus. Yeah. So if you're here, thanks for listening. (laughs) Next week we'll be doing uh, what do we? Oh, what we do in the shadows, the 2014 mockumentary. So come listen to us talk. Probably nothing about the movie. (laughs) Next week! Nothing about the movie. We talked a little bit about Paprika. We did. Great job. We did. (laughs) Come on the back. Bye.